Senate in 2013, his main accomplishments, according to many observers, have been engineering a government shutdown and alienating virtually all of his colleagues. His shelf appeal is minimal. The reedy voice, the boulade face, the suits that don't always fit correctly on a body with the approximate proportions of a beanie baby. And Cruz's initial moves raised rightful suspicions. He announced his campaign at Liberty University with a speech geared to the religious right. Instead of a federal government that works to undermine our values, imagine a federal government that works to defend the sanctity of human life and to uphold the sacrament of marriage. His campaign strategist, Jason Johnson, openly acknowledged that Cruz's strategy was focused on turning out disaffected white voters, even though such an approach seemed unpropitious. With the GOP hoping to make inroads among non-white voters, Cruz hails from the one state where Republicans have had demonstrable success in doing just that, and although he eschews the label, he would be the first Hispanic to serve as president should he win. Nothing, however, was as discomforting as Cruz's response to Trump. Most of the Republicans running for president were clearly reluctant to engage Trump at first or to dispute his various attacks. Rick Perry, to his enduring credit, was a notable exception. The longest-serving governor in Texas history pushed back against Trump's sweeping indictment of illegal immigrants, although any consultant could have told him that there would be no political benefit to doing so. Cruz, meanwhile, took the opposite tack. I like Donald Trump, he declared in August. I think he's terrific. The bromance, which would persist through the fall, was clearly strategically motivated. Despite Cruz's youth and inexperience, he never considered running to be Trump's vice president, nor did he have any reason to do so. With a Senate term that expires in the 2018 cycle, and alternative opportunities, including a bid to succeed his mentor, Greg Abbott, as governor of Texas, Cruz has demonstrably better career options than bag boy for a buffoon. Still, I, like many others, found Cruz's embrace of Trump almost unconscionable and was reluctant to support him until a few salient facts about the 2016 primary became clear. The first was that Trump could, in fact, become the Republican nominee. His net favorability rating, which had initially seemed low enough to limit his prospects, improved significantly over the course of the year. The second was that the only candidate with a realistic chance of beating Trump was Cruz. The third was that the GOP establishment, which had spent years overlooking the conditions that laid the groundwork for Trump, was going to do its very best to stop Cruz. The Iowa caucuses were the wake-up call on the third point. In December, polls had shown Cruz leading among the state's likely voters, but on the eve of the caucuses, he had slid back into second place, thanks to sustained attacks coming from many directions and for many reasons, from accusations of paying an inadequate tithe. I just think it's hard to say God is first in your life if he's last in your budget, said Mike Huckabee, then still a candidate, to the fact that he was born in Canada. That Cruz nevertheless pulled out a win was a testament to his tactical acumen and his extraordinarily effective ground game, which saw hundreds of volunteers travel to Iowa to make the case to caucus-goers in person. But Cruz's rivals and his many critics in the mainstream media immediately set to work discounting his victory. The initial line of criticism was that Cruz's success in Iowa didn't mean all that much, really, considering that it was naturally favorable terrain for him, as if urbane constitutional conservatives from Texas normally do well in the rural and heavily evangelical Midwest. 
even if they're the only candidate in living memory from either party, to go to Iowa and declare their opposition to the ethanol mandate. The critics got a considerable boost when the hapless Ben Carson accused Cruz's campaign of dirty tricks after learning that Cruz's staff had forwarded to campaign workers a CNN story published minutes before the caucuses began that reported, accurately, that Carson planned to take a short break from the campaign trail after Iowa. The staff had apparently taken the news to mean that Carson's departure from the race was imminent, a reasonable interpretation, but as it happened, an incorrect one. There was no evidence that Cruz's alleged treachery had cost Carson any votes, and Cruz later apologized to Carson several times for his staff's error. Even so, cable news hosts lingered over the questions about Cruz's character that Carson had raised. So did Marco Rubio flush off a third-place finish in the caucuses, a victory over expectations that may also incidentally have been facilitated by Cruz's ground game.